Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. I also host the podcast Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, which you can listen to if you need your literary fix fast. This podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, is for anyone out there who wants to feel better in their bodies like I do. There's a private support group that I started on Instagram at Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. And all of us share tips, suggestions, recipes, meal ideas, and generally just give each other lots and lots and lots of support so that it isn't so hard to do what should be simple, but somehow isn't. So please listen to the podcast, hear stories from people just like you who have struggled and overcome things and have ideas and suggestions. And let's just do this together. We got this. Thanks for listening. I wrote this essay for Red Book Magazine inspired by my grandmother, Gagi, as you'll hear when I read it, who, until she passed away, literally a a few months ago, she was obsessing about her body (laughs) and always asking me questions about it. And I wondered, gosh, does this just like never stop? So I did a little investigation and I'm going to read you about it. And I hope it helps because honestly, I think about this all the time because unless you resolve issues you have, they don't go away with time. Unlike perhaps some other issues in life, your perceptions about your body and your eating and all that stuff, they don't just one day disappear because you age. In fact, they might even get worse. So there's no time like the present to start dealing with it. Okay, so this essay that I wrote for Red Book, and excuse me, I'm a little congested today, is called How to Love Your Body at Any Age. Did you skimp on cake at your last birthday? What'll your slice look like when you're 90? Zibby Wright, well now I'm Zibby Owens, but worried that she'd be turning down dessert forever, so she decided to find out when exactly we get to stop obsessing over those last 10 pounds. The other day I called Gagi, my 90-year-old grandmother. I can't talk now, lovey, she said. I'm off to curves. It got me thinking. There she is, in her 10th decade, dragging herself to the gym, weighing herself regularly, and routinely dieting. After ordering cake at a restaurant, she says, oh, I really shouldn't have done that. She often points to other women and quietly asks, does she look heavier than me? For her latest attempt to take off a few pounds, she vowed to cut chocolate out of her life. How long did that last, I asked. A day. My mother, Gagi's daughter, sees nothing unusual. In fact, she applauds Gagi's weight loss successes. Doesn't Gagi look great, my mom gushed at a recent family gathering. She's lost 15 pounds. Honestly, it was hard to tell. To me, Gagi always looks fantastic. She's huggable and soft, yes, but always dressed chicly, silver hair elegantly done, a smile on her face, a witty comment on its way out of her mouth. I never think about her weight, but she does. I relate. I've spent the past couple decades fighting off an extra 10 to 20 pounds. But the thought of obsessing over my pant size until the day I die is terrifying. I'd always assumed that when I got older, I would be able to exhale and stop fretting. In fact, I'd really been looking forward to it. It had never occurred to me that elderly women still clung to their body image issues. But when I broached the topic with my friends, many said that their grandmothers were the same way, obsessing over French toast or muttering, I can't eat that about treats. I want to shout, yes, you can have a piece of cake, my friend Betsy Cat says about her 92-year-old grandmother. Who cares? Just enjoy it. If not now, when? When was exactly what I wanted to know. So, in what was admittedly a not particularly scientific research study, I put together a body image survey, determined to find out if Gagi was an anomaly or the baseline. And to be honest, I wanted to learn something about what's ahead for my friends and me. 
Will we ever feel at peace with our bodies? I sent dozens of copies to both Goggy, who does have a real name, Carol, and my paternal grandmother, Arlene, age 92, and asked them to distribute them around their retirement communities in Palm Beach, Florida, and Philadelphia, respectively. I got 27 forms back from women ages 74 to 97, average age 88. Goggy is hardly alone, it seems. 63% of the ladies weighed themselves regularly, and 30% felt guilty eating dessert. Last night at dinner, I had the lobster roll, reported Marilyn Gans, age 83. Delicious. But I didn't order the key lime pie, because I didn't need the calories. At 83, life definitely seems too short to skip the pie. Turns out, my tiny sample of ladies reflects the population at large. A study of 1,200 adults from the Center for Appearance Research at the University of the West of England cites an epidemic of self-consciousness. 90% of the women polled, including those in their 70s and 80s, suffer from some form of body image anxiety. It's not a new feeling. It's just an extension of that old I-need-to-lose-five-pounds malaise that hangs over so many of us from the moment we start to pay attention to our bodies. It's a cradle-to-grave obsession, confirms Cynthia Bullock, PhD, author of Midlife Eating Disorders. There's a reason our habits about weight and our unhappiness around it are so hard to break, says Charles Duhigg, author of The Power of Habit, Why We Do What We Do in Life and Business. Once you establish neural pathways around dieting, like how you react to certain foods and how you feel about yourself after healthy and unhealthy choices, they, quote, get grooved in your brain, he says. In other words, if you have a life full of diets, you will diet all your life. But you can change those neural pathways no matter how ingrained they are or what your age is, Duhigg adds. He suggests trying to create new associations with food. For instance, if you regularly commiserate with friends over eating your way through the brownie pan, find a new topic that bonds you. It's the human connection you're really seeking. Another idea is to track the choices you make each day that make you feel good about your body, says Anne Kearney Cook, PhD, of the Cincinnati Psychotherapy Institute and author of Change Your Mind, Change Your Body. It'll free you. That freedom, in turn, lets more happiness in. We can focus on the scale and our weight, or we can focus on things that are meaningful, says Tom Hildebrandt, PsyD, director of the Eating and Weight Disorders Program at Mount Sinai Hospital in New York City. You need to have a gravestone you're proud of. Would you want it to say, I lived my life in a five-pound range? No. God, no. I know that firsthand, having lost several close friends at a young age, two of whom had spent a large percentage of what ended up being very short lives worrying about their bodies. It felt like such a waste. I wish I'd appreciated how useful my body was when I was in my teens and 20s, but I was so busy worrying about my weight that I didn't notice how wrinkle and pain-free I was. What smooth skin I had, how easy it was to run without having to ice my knees. Aging is not for sissies, noted one of the women I polled. Compared with serious health issues, reduced mobility and the like, slightly larger thighs sounds like nothing. Which brings me to another more hopeful finding from my mini-study. Despite the hawk-like attention to the scale and the guilt over eating dessert, 74% of the women were at peace with how they looked. Grace Kagan, 92, said, I felt all right when I was younger, but now I look well. And that too reflects an overall gratitude for our bodies that many gain as we age. A recent Gallup poll of 80,000 adults found that 66% of those age 65 or older feel good about their physical appearance, while only 54% of 35 to 64-year-olds do. When I'm 70, I'll probably look back at my current 37-year-old body fondly. Okay, so I wrote this when I was 37, now I'm 44. Getting to that mindset now is harder. I had a brief moment in front of the full-length mirror in my closet the other day. When I turned around and was slightly horrified by what I saw in the rear view, I started getting upset, that hopeless, doomed, panicky feeling bubbling up. 
But then I thought about Gagi and her friends and their long and in some cases unending journeys to self-acceptance. And I said to myself, wait, if I always hate what I look like from behind in the mirror, maybe I should just stop looking. Maybe I'll only look at the view from the front and possibly the side. I'll focus on the body parts I'm fond of, like my kind eyes or my dimples when I smile. I know what takes for me to have a tiny tush. I've been there. It's not worth it. I need to stay fit. Eating well and being active is part of what helped my grandmothers get to their golden years, and I want to be able to dance with my great-grandkids at their weddings. But viewing every tempting corn muffin as some sort of measure of my own self-worth is simply too exhausting. Quote, we have a need for pleasure no matter what our age, and dessert is a source of pleasure, Kearney Cook says. Quote, have dessert sometimes, enjoy it, but don't obsess over it. I thought back to Gagi. Although she says she won't stop caring about her weight, as long as I'm alert, alive, and mobile, she also agrees, for my age, my body does very well. I'm at peace. I love to laugh. And unsurprisingly, she has a grandmotherly nugget of sage advice. If you feel good about your whole self, you feel better about your body. I plan to pass Gagi's message down to my own children and grandchildren, along with my favorite chocolate chip cookie recipe. Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. Don't forget to follow the private support group at Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight on Instagram. Thanks.